0: Welcome to Friendly Words, the sermon podcast of Pratt Friends Church in Pratt, Kansas. The message you're about to hear was originally preached at Pratt Friends Church on Sunday, December 26, 2021. It focuses on the fulfillments of the promises God made to his people concerning a coming Savior. The message to all who will listen is this, Jesus is the promised Redeemer of the world. He came to save. Now, here is Pastor Mike Neifert. Let's pray together. God, thank you that you are in this place. We're grateful for your goodness to us, and I pray, God, that your word would accomplish your purposes. I trust that you're going to do that through your spirit, and I'll try to stay out of the way. Thank you. Amen so i know many of you have been terribly busy over the past seven days maybe you've gone to and from places and to and from others and i don't know you've been all over the place the last couple of days maybe maybe you stayed put and everybody came to you I like having my mom live close because that means everybody has to come this direction. It's great. (laughs) I hope that you have slept off the sugar buzz from all the sugar cookies and the fruit cake and all that. And since some of you were here last week, some of you have endured along with the usual holiday hubbub that extra burden of worrying about whether my wife's Christmas present arrived on time. I mentioned I had some iffy delivery dates last week so let me give you a little bit of an update so that perhaps I can put your mind at ease all day Sunday and most of Monday the tracking information on the package that I mentioned last week that was promised but hadn't yet been delivered it said that it was sitting in Salt Lake City still all day Sunday and most of Monday somehow on Monday evening, when I checked, my item was suddenly departing St. Louis. I had no idea how it got from Utah to Missouri, but somehow it got between there, and the delivery dates were still expected December twenty-second through the twenty-eighth. <laughs> Tuesday morning, if you're keeping track, this is the twenty-first. Tuesday morning around ten thirty, the email came. The subject line delivered (laughs) crazy right the company got the package to me a day earlier than promised confirming my bias toward last second shopping i'm sure a great weight would have been lifted from your shoulders had i forwarded that delivery notice to you but i'm not giving you my amazon information so sorry I hope this brief report on my yips safe arrival will help you sleep better tonight. Now, this wasn't the only delivery notification I got this week. I, I said it last week. My kids use my Amazon account, so my trash folder has lots and lots of notices that say delivered, 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 shipping, delivered. Some even have attached pictures showing packages sitting on a porch that is not mine. Occasionally they send me pictures of the packages that like, wow cool that's my kids so I don't care.
1: <laughs>
0: Did all your packages arrive on time? Everybody's packages arrive on time? Are you still waiting for a stray item or two from Amazon to land on your front steps? This message is not brought to you by Amazon, sorry. <laughs> Were you last night sitting around your tree, perhaps calm, cool, collected your family opening (laughs) presents, or were you gazing anxiously out the window wondering if UPS might possibly be delivered on (laughs) December 25th? They don't. If you were the worrying waiter rather than the got-it-all-together present presenter, you know, at least in a small way, the feeling that was experienced by Israel during the 400 years of divine silence between Malachi's promises and the angel's words to Zechariah concerning the birth of his son, who was to be the forerunner of the Savior. How long? When? Why not now? Hundreds of years is a long time for a nation to wonder such things collectively. Faith tends to waver. Trust is torn down. Doubt fills every mind and heart with poison. We talked last week about a few of the many, many promises that God made concerning a rescuer who was to come. You remember? The Satan crusher, the forever ruler would be born of a virgin. The Redeemer would be directly descended from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Judah, Jesse, David, and even more, the promised Savior would be called Emmanuel, God with us. Did God deliver on his promises? The short answer, the answer I gave last week with no proof to back it up, was yes. God came through when he sent Jesus, his son, to save the world. Today I want to back up my short answer with a little biblical evidence of God's follow-through on those promises. What he said he would do in the Old Testament, he did in the New. He said he would crush the serpent's head, and he did. He said blessing would come to all peoples through Abram's line, and he brought blessing to all through this man's descendants. He brought about all these things and many other promised events so that the world would know that the rescuer had arrived. The people who were there when he showed up would know We who are far removed in time from those events would know that it was him too. We'd be able to say, look at this and this and this and this. He's the guy. Many of you are already convinced of the truth that the guy whose birth we celebrated yesterday, Jesus, is the promised one. You believe he is the son of God. Come in the flesh that God came to save and you put your trust in him. You love and adore Jesus. Some who hear my words may be skeptical, unsure, cautious. The verdict's still out in your mind. I'm glad you're listening. I don't know if what I present this morning is going to convince you thoroughly, but I hope that it will at least get you thinking, well, maybe he's the guy. Whatever your response, my prayer is for God's blessing to be spread through all the earth. And I believe that the Father's favor rests upon those whose trust is in Jesus. And I'm thankful for my brothers and sisters in many distant lands who believe the same thing with me and proclaim the good news that Jesus saves. Shall we start with the easiest to prove fulfillments and move on to the tougher nuts to crack? The simplest proofs have to do with Jesus' lineage. The question is this, is he descended from all the right people? If he's not, he's not the guy. If he is, then he's a candidate to be the guy that was promised. God made promises to a short list of men whose stories we have in the Old Testament. We talked about each of them last week. For those who were here, this is a bit of a refresher. I'm just making sure that those who were absent last Sunday are on the same page as those who were. So listen again we'll start with God's promises to four generations of men starting with Abram who was later called Abraham as you recall and moving on to his son Isaac and then to Isaac's son Jacob and finally to Jacob's son Judah the first three Abraham Isaac and Jacob received words of promise directly from God in separate incidents Judah the fourth heard God's word to him through his father Jacob as he was passing from this life into the next and blessing each of his sons. Hear then the words of God to each of these four men. The first prophecy of a blessing to come was given to Abram. God told the man to take his family and move from the land they were living in, the land of his fathers, move from this land to this land I will show you. That'd be like say, okay, Pack up your moving truck, get your U-Haul ready, and then I'll tell you where you're going. It's not like we're going to move to Wichita or we're going to move to Tucumcari. So this is a crazy thing. God says, go to this land I'll show you. And Abram does it. And when he gets there, we have these words from God to Abram. Along with the command to go, God gave these words in Genesis 12, 2, and 3 i will make you into a great nation i will bless you i will make your name great and you will be a blessing i will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you i will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you that's the recurring promise we're going to hear it again isaac he's grown up now this is abram's son isaac living in a foreign land due to famine in the the land that god had promised He's in another land, and he receives these words from God in Genesis 26.4. They're going to sound familiar. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and will give them all these lands. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. To make sure that the message isn't lost, the next generation gets the same promise God, years later, speaks to Isaac's youngest son, Jacob, and here's what we have in Genesis 28:14: Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will be spread out to the west, and the east, to the north, and the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. You getting the message? Blessings coming for all people, not just your family. At the end of his life, Jacob blesses his son's when he comes to Judah, one of his middle kids, he speaks these words. This is Genesis 49:10. The scepter, that is the rod that signifies authority or kingship, the scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he to whom it belongs shall come, and the obedience of the nations shall be his. So, the Savior, if God's word is going to be fulfilled, must be born into the Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Judah line. Is Jesus a descendant of these four men? Mm-hmm. Matthew 1, 1-2 gives us the answer. Here's what it says. This is the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. There's one. Abraham was the father of Isaac. There's two. Isaac was the father of Jacob. There's three. Jacob was the father of Judah there's four, and his brothers. Jesus checks all the right family boxes for the first four generations of this family. He can be the one who will bring blessing to all, but think how many others who are living at the same time that Jesus is born would have matched that description. Jesus checks those boxes, but there's another descended from this man box or two that needs to be ticked. We talked about two more men last week. He must be, if we bring in Isaiah 11, 1 through 3, from Jesse's line. Jesse is King David's dad, as you recall. Here's what God gave us in Isaiah 11, 1 through 3. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse from his roots a branch will bear fruit the spirit of the Lord will rest on him the spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel and of might the spirit of the knowledge and the fear of the Lord and he will delight in the fear of the Lord is Jesus from Jesse's line we'll check but not before we talk about Jesse's much more famous son the run to the family the almost overlooked one who became Israel's king the promised one i showed you god's words last week must be from king david's line we read a longer passage last week we're moving on so we're just going to read one verse at the end of what we read last week this is second samuel 7:16 it says your house god is speaking to david your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me your throne will be established forever And we talked about how that all transpired with Solomon and Rehoboam and all those kings that came after we talked about that last week so you'll have to read a whole bunch of stuff between and you can go back and listen to the other message if you have time to do that so are Jesse and David in Jesus's genealogy let's look at Luke and confirm that part in Luke chapter 3 31 and 32 about midway through an accounting of jesus's family tree we have this by the way abraham isaac and jacob and judah were all in that too but this is the middle part so he's recounting the generations leading to jesus it says the son of malia the son of Mena the son of Methatha, the son of nathan the son of david the son of jesse the son of Obed, the son of boaz the son of Solomon, son of nation Jesus is as promised from Jesse's line from David's line he's got that royal pedigree required way fewer people fit that but we see here that Jesus fits that so we've covered all the easy stuff now shall we move on to those things which are a little harder to determine Last week, we read a brief passage from Isaiah chapter 7. In Isaiah 7, God is speaking to Ahaz, a king in David's line. He asks Ahaz to propose a sign which he, God, can perform to assure the king and the people under his rule that what God has promised is going to take place. And King Ahaz, if you recall, refused to give God a sign. He says, I'm not going to test God. So God chooses his own sign He promises a sign which will confirm his promise. And it's something that King Ahaz, I'm pretty sure, would never have come up with. So we have God's words in Isaiah 7, 13 and 14. It says, then Isaiah said, speaking for God, he says, Hear now, you house of David, is it not enough to try the patience of humans? Will you try the patience of my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive And give birth to a son, and we'll call him Emmanuel. Jesus, if we're going to be sure that he's the one promised, has to be a virgin son. If he's not, he's not the guy. I think we've narrowed this down to the point that we're only going to find one person. To have a virgin conceive is inconceivable. (laughs) Yeah, thanks so is Jesus the guy about halfway through Luke chapter 1 we have this story Luke suggests that it's factual not just a fanciful tale so let's see what he gives us we'll start in verse 26 and read through verse 35 in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy god promised a sign centuries earlier a virgin will conceive she will give birth to a son how i don't know they didn't know he will be god with us so here's mary a virgin who's a descendant of abraham isaac jacob judah jesse and david Who receives God's word that she's the one who will bear the child promised so long ago and she seems a bit confused at first but in the end she speaks confidently may your word to me be fulfilled Matthew tells the other side of the story we learn from him that Mary was betrothed to a righteous man named Joseph you heard his name as we were reading earlier when he finds out that she's pregnant he's crushed he suspects there's another man the thought is poison to his soul. Let's read Matthew 1, 18 to 25 and see what God does. Matthew 1, 18. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was bound to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. We read about that in Luke. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace— Matthew recognizes the other half of the sign that was promised to King Ahaz in Isaiah 7. Luke tells of a virgin who conceives. Matthew tells us of a baby who was God's son. He quotes Isaiah's words to make sure we notice it. This boy of Mary's is God with us. Jesus was born of a virgin. He is God's son. He is with us. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company, the heavenly host, appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. God promised the baby. He did so time and time again over centuries. Though it took thousands of years from the first word about the Savior, the baby was delivered speaking of that first prediction we have to answer one more question today did Jesus crush the serpent's head did he conquer Satan remember the word of God that we found in Genesis 3 14 and 15 the first promise of one who would save we read it last week hear it again Genesis three, fourteen and fifteen. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, that is, tempted them and tricked them in sinning, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and will eat dust all the days of your life, and I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel showing that jesus fulfilled this promise is a little trickier i offer two stories from jesus's life to show his victory over satan at the beginning of luke chapter 4 it says in verses 1 and 2 it says this jesus full of the holy spirit left the jordan and was led by the spirit into the wilderness where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil he ate nothing during those days and at the end of them he was hungry What follows those verses is a recounting of three distinct temptations the devil throws at Jesus. And each time, Jesus thwarts the enemy, deflecting his poison darts by pointing him and us as we read to what God says and has written in his word. At the end of Luke's account, we have this in verse 13. When the devil had finished all his tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Jesus defeated Satan in this encounter, but the blow to the adversary, to his head, isn't final yet. Consider now what happened near the close of Jesus' earthly existence. In his final moments, he crushes the serpent's head, I believe. All four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, give an account of Jesus' death on the cross. The details in each telling are similar, but not all include every word that Jesus speaks. We pull them together to get everything. In John's account, he gives us the words that we need to hear today. Listen to what John records in John 19, verses 28 to 30. Later, John writes, Knowing that everything had now been finished and so that Scripture would be fulfilled, Those words signaled the defeat of Satan. The work that God set out to do to rescue sinners was now complete. What was God's word concerning those who ate of the tree in the garden? When you eat of it, you will die. What did Satan say to poison them against God's word? You will not surely die. Death came to Adam and Eve and to all their posterity when they ate of the fruit of the forbidden tree. Jesus, hanging on the cursed tree, innocent of any sin, reversed the damage done. He could now offer eternal life to all who believe. I think it's right for us to read a short passage from Romans chapter 6 before we go today. Hear God's inspired word given to Paul in Romans chapter 6, verses 20 to 23. There's hope for all those who are born dead in sin. Romans six twenty through 23 when you were slaves to sin you were free from the control of righteousness what benefit did you reap at that time from the things that you're now ashamed of those things result in death but now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life in christ jesus our lord man's sin results in death jesus's death results in life the promise of salvation delivered praise god it's delivered i invite you to reflect on what god has done as we close our service today in the next few minutes listen to god allow him to speak to you Be assured, let him assure you of his victory over death and his gift of eternal life. Put your trust in him and thank God for the work which is finished in crushing the serpent's head to bring life to the dead in sin. Let's pray together. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ.
1: Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us. ¡Gracias!
0: Son Jesus. Thank you for making promises and for fulfilling them. Thank you for delivering salvation to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We hope you have been encouraged and challenged by today's sermon. If you want to hear each week's message, be sure to subscribe to Friendly Words in your podcast app. May God bless you as you follow Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit.